Warning! The following episode contains mature subject matters, mentions of immigrant culture, and a Brazilian host with the energy of a chaotic vampire. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Laura Farito Show. My name is Laura Faritos, and this is my show. <laughs> that sums it up. This is episode 6, a job in my field. Enjoy! Ah, vassalador! Um cara interessante esculacha o teu amante até o seu ficante. Mas, mas não se esqueça que eu sou vagabundo depois que a putaria começou a rolar no mundo, no mundo, no mundo. <laughs> This is such a good song, by the way. If you don't know Portuguese and you're wondering what the theme song is in the beginning of my show, it's called So Foda. And... I guess that translates to I'm um, fucking awesome, <laughs> but it's, I think, I think the clip by Avassaladores called So Foda is a national treasure. <laughs> it, this was released in, I think, 2011, and uh, it was released by a production company called Amigos Produções, like Friends Productions or something like that. They released a bunch of really really low budget hilarious green screen funk videos like just it was just so funny and when so foda came out that video changed my life because just it, it was just so funny the lyrics the dance moves the way that the the same singer guy had himself duplicated triplicated on a green screen just dancing and like I quote this way too much. I quote the song way too much. Ten years later, I continued to like quote the song way too much. And uh, I figured that this should be the theme of my show. <laughs> um, the only other song that I quote as much as I quote So Fada would probably be Cooking by the Book. But that specific remix where it's like Lil Jon in it. For the longest time while I was in high school and my English was really rough, whenever I wanted to refer to this video and I couldn't ever remember the song as Cooking by the Book, I would just turn to my friends and be like, Jordan, Haley, play the Pink Girl Twerk song. <laughs> It's the Pink Girl Twerk song in my head. Anyway, <laughs> hello. Um, if you are back to listen to my podcast for some godforsaken reason even though there is no one holding a gun to your head i'm impressed i'm i'm truly genuinely impressed that you're sticking with me that's insane to me um if this is the first time you're listening to one of my episodes hello Nice to meet you. My name is Laura Faritos. I am a Brazilian immigrant. I've been living in Canada for roughly 10 years now. 
And this podcast is really my outlet to talk about my unusual lived experiences, to interview cool people that I come across, and to promote brands or businesses that really I really enjoy. That sums it up. In this episode... We are going to be talking about my pursuit for a job in my field. If you don't know that yet, the field that I'm looking to get hired in is the field of radio broadcasting. I have had a really weird career trajectory ever since I moved to Canada. And I am going to be talking about that a little bit. So in order to summarize before I go to in-depth to each of these topics. I, when I moved to Canada, I thought I wanted to be an animator. <laughs> I was convinced I wanted to be an animator. I, I watched How to Train Your Dragon back when it was released, and I think I went to the premiere, and there were no seats in the theater. We, like my friends and I, had to sit, I think, in the first or second rows which are like the worst rows to sit in a movie theater because your neck has to be super bent back and everything. And it was crazy. It was crazy because I sat in the first or second row. The, the screen was gigantic, gigantic. And I have never been the same person ever since. Like watching How to Train Your Dragon changed me to a way that I can't even describe. I had my first ever epiphany. Like, the movie finished, the credits were rolling, and I just remember being 14, 15 years old, watching that and being like, this is what I want to do with my life. I didn't know what part of this I wanted to do with my life, but I wanted to do something along the lines of producing an animation that could give people goosebumps epiphanies and all these mesmerizing feelings that I had I wanted to be able to do that for other people um, that did not work out <laughs> it did not work out in the slightest I came to Canada I endured all my hardship years because I was like you know what none of this is gonna matter when I'm really successful as an animator And then I went to school for animation. And I mean, I, I technically went to school for art fundamentals. And that was a one-year program. And it was designated to build a portfolio so that you can apply for these like specific programs, right? So a lot of the people in my program were applying for illustration or animation. I wanted to apply for animation. I worked all year round to get my portfolio. And throughout that year, I realized that I hated the work of an animator. I like animations as like a passion medium, you know, but I'm 100% not meant to be working on other people's productions as an animator. <laughs> 100% not. I am meant to work on my own productions and hire animators. And eventually, I started to have an identity crisis because I was like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with my life? Who even am I if I'm not an animator? <laughs> and then I went to my program advisor 
in the art school. And he was like, okay, it sounds to me like what you want to be is a producer. That doesn't mean you can't work in animations. It just means you're not the one doing the actual animating, but you can still work on original animations. And I was like, ah, and, and what do I have to do to be a producer? And then he showed me the program that I'm currently in the fourth year enrolled in. But at the time when he showed me, he was like, okay, so there is a four-year media production program in Toronto. You could take this one and uh, apply. And I was like, okay, great. The only problem was that my grades were not good enough. My high school grades were not good enough to apply to this program with my high school curriculum. And unfortunately for me, my art school grades... <laughs> were also not good enough for me to apply to this. <laughs> I failed so many classes. I failed painting. Oh, horrible. And so I knew I wanted to get into the four-year media production program. I couldn't apply for it with my high school grades and I couldn't apply for it with my art school grades. So I had to find a program that was short, that I could complete with good grades and use that to apply. So I ended up applying for a comedy writing and performance program, which was two years. I like to joke around whenever I come across friends of mine that went to the same program that I did. I'm always joking and being like, oh, okay, well, this person went to school for comedy. <laughs> I went into $20,000 debt is what I went into. <laughs> I did not go to school for co comedy. <laughs> and that that's not necessarily shade at the comedy school itself, but I feel like I wasn't ready for that. Like, English struggles aside, I hadn't ever watched stand-up comedy in English, you know? And I was thrown into a course and I was expected to already understand the joke structure and sense. Like, it's not just the language that we're talking about here, right? We're talking about, like, creative writing and structured writing and sense of humor. Something that took me years to understand that there are jokes that work in Portuguese that will not work in English and, like... There was just so much going on and I just wasn't ready for the program. I lost sight of my original goal, which was to just get good grades and be accepted into this program. And I ended up really spiraling into a deep down identity crisis, thinking I had to be a comedian, that I had to do everything that comedians were doing and that... All of my content had to be designed for the masses, whether I believed in it or not, because being approved by the masses counted more than being authentic. So that was like, that was a challenge. So, so I did the comedy program for two years and I really did try to take on the lifestyle of a comedian. But that didn't really work for me because I sucked at stand-up comedy. <laughs> like, 
I didn't believe the material that I was doing. I performed the material that my comedy school teacher told me was good material. But really, that was just the material that resonated with him and with my classmates. You see what I mean? So the material that they, that I was like expected to do almost was really material about... Oh, I'm Brazilian, but I don't look Brazilian. Oh, I'm Brazilian, but I don't sound Brazilian. Oh, you wouldn't know what happens in Brazil that doesn't happen in Canada. Like, like they wanted everything about me to be summarized about my Brazilian experience. Because from their point of view, commercially speaking, right? They were like, oh... Canadian audiences in the masses don't know anything about Brazil, so um, enlighten them, talk about your culture or whatever, and they're surely going to have questions because you're not the stereotypical Brazilian that they think about. So, again, like I'm not blaming the program or my professors for that, right? I think it was just different stages, different, like I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready to hold my ground and defend my sense of humor and be like no I do think this is funny and you should just help me add punchlines to this rather than tell me to scrap away the whole material oh no I do think this story is stand-up material even if you don't I do like I didn't have it in me I got sidetracked and the life of a comedian really took over and I was the worst version of myself (laughs) during that time the worst version of myself So to anyone out there who met me strictly during my time as an attempted comedian, I am so sorry. That is not me. That is... I don't know her. I don't know who that is. That girl is not me. (laughs) Nice to meet you. This is me. Okay. (laughs) Um, When I did apply to media production and I was accepted, that was the beginning of a new chapter for me. And ever since then, it's just been a journey of getting to know myself. Um, I never thought that I had a future in a field like radio, mostly because of my accent. Because when I did theater in high school, they made my accent to be the biggest barrier block for me, like, in any, any way professionally. Like, they were like, well, we can't cast you as these roles because you have an accent and no one else in the play has an accent and we can't explain why only you have an accent if your, char- if your character isn't designed to be an immigrant, right? When they did cast me, They usually cast me as, like, the Russian mistress or, like, (laughs) the the evil, you know, foreign spy or something like that. And so, granted, that was, like, 2013, 2014, different times, right? Things have changed, but I didn't realize that. And so I came into media production, again, with a focus of I'm gonna produce animations and comedies, And I'm going to hire the comedians or hire the animators and just be like the mind behind the scenes, right? And throughout my time in media production, I did not do 
50% of the courses that I thought I was gonna do. When I started the program, I was like, I'm gonna take all of the multi-cam classes, all of the single cam classes. I'm gonna do all sorts of, you know, TV production and film production and this and this and that. Like, I couldn't care less about audio when I started doing this. And then on year one, we had this class, which was a podcasting class. And I got to do a podcast episode about anything I wanted. The podcast I did at the time was a podcast about sex education. It really solidified a passion that had already been ignited during my comedy program when I wrote a 10-minute play about a sex education teacher. It really ignited a passion in me, a fire about creating content in this realm. And... That class totally changed me because after that class, I was like determined. I was like, I need to create a show about sex education. I need to do a podcast about this, a documentary. And And I've been working on this stuff for like four years now behind the scenes, even though I haven't been uploading any of it. You know, like that class really changed me. And the other class that changed me, I took last semester, which was radio broadcasting. I didn't even like think I was going to be good at that class. I was just trying to meet timetable requirements for my course. And I did not think I would be good at it at all. Again, because it's radio, right? Like I thought a podcasting assignment was fun to do and it ignited a passion in me. But I didn't think I had a future in this field due to my accent and like, I guess, all of my trauma from high school. But it turned out that I loved, like loved, loved, loved my radio class. I was really good at it. My teacher loved our like demos. And he told me to my face, he was like, you could get a job in radio. And I was like, I could? He was like, yeah. And I was like, do you think it's possible for me to get a job in my field in 2023? And he was like, yeah. We could probably get you an internship in a radio station sometime this spring. And I was like, you what? So this is where we're at right now, people. I am waiting to see if I can get an internship in a radio station. And can I get a job in my field? We'll see. And this was the episode. You've made it to the end. You listened to my voice this whole time and it didn't drive you crazy. Congratulations. Thank you so much for supporting me. I truly appreciate it. If it wasn't for you, I would be talking to myself. So, (laughs) thank you. If you'd like to stay up to date with my weekly episodes and occasional videos, please follow me on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Laura Faritos. If you'd like to stay up to date with my work besides the show, please go ahead and sign up for my monthly newsletter. There I summarize key takeaways from my episodes, I share links to any other content I produce, and I also include tickets to comedy shows, so that's always nice. Finally, if you'd like to take an extra step and support the making of the show, please consider making a one-time donation, buying my merch, or signing up for my Patreon for just $2 a month. You get all my content ad-free, full length, and sometimes even the the behind-the-scenes process. I'm looking at you, media production students. You like the show? Huh? Do you? Do you? You like the show? Prove it.
give me your money. Pay me cash. Dollars. I want dollars. This has been a public service announcement. See you in the next episode. Ciao, ciao.